In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11, we are charged to put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Our adversary is wily. Although the same apostle writes in 2 Corinthians 2, verse 11, that we are not ignorant of his devices, personal experience tells us that modern Christians do not always realize what our ancient foe is up to. A broad swath of Christendom trembles over the prospect of demon possession, feeling vulnerable to satanic assault. Charlatans, under the pretense of preaching the gospel, offer to rescue unsuspecting disciples of theirs. Hollywood is complicit, preying on the superstitions of Americans who have only a smattering of Bible knowledge. They produce films that add demon possession to the supposed fulfillment of vague Bible prophecies with Roman Catholic priests, crucifixes, and exorcisms. Should Christians be tormented by the prospects of demonic attack? Could this fixation be just the devil's shell game hoping this ruse will distract us from Satan's real threat? That brings us to our focal scripture this evening, 1 Timothy 4, verse 1. The Bible says, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly, that in latter times some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. Do you ever hear anybody in the religious world talking about the demonic work the Holy Spirit specifically warns about? Of course not. And that's the way the devil wants it. Which should concern you more? Demon possession or doctrines of demons? First of all, genuine Christians have never been susceptible to demon possession. God's people need not fear demons taking them over against their will, dictating their words and behavior. 1 John 4 verse 4 Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. The New Testament response to Satan attacks is never Catholic priests, crucifixes, and holy water. All we need to ward off the devil is to just say no, and he will go. James 4 verse 7, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. True, man suffers from a litany of consequences from the fall, and demon possession did take place during the ministry of Jesus and the apostles. This was temporary according to 1 Corinthians 13 verse 8, and served the purpose of confirming God's word, Hebrews 2 verse 1 through 4. That's been thoroughly accomplished for 1900 years. One can deliver himself to Satan by voluntarily serving Satan. This is entirely different from being powerless to stop a demon who takes you over your spirit and your body. Understand, there are only two spiritual kingdoms. You're in one or the other. Colossians 1.13 We have been translated from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of God's dear Son. And tonight, if you are not a Christian, the way the Bible teaches you to become a Christian, you are in the kingdom of darkness. 
and under Satan's control. No, you're not demon-possessed, but the devil controls you. He's running the show. Jesus says in Matthew 6, 24, No man can serve two masters. In Christ, you are a slave to righteousness. Outside of Christ, you are a slave to sin. Romans 6, verse 16 through 19. Your ability to let the devil dictate your lifestyle, knowingly or not, should make your spine tingle. The devil is controlling. And the devil wants you to be just another puppet on a string. All the while making you think that you are doing what you want to do. That's exactly what the scriptures teach. The devil's objective is simple. He wants us to sin. Because in doing so, he alienates us from God. This thrills him and his minions. Thankfully, Jesus made a way out. Romans 5.10, For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of His Son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by His life. He wants us to remain God's enemies in sin. We must see what Satan is doing. Don't allow deceivers to distract you from mythical with mythical satanic warfare from Satan's true intentions. Demon possession is just a decoy. Here's another aspect of the real battle. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 4 and 5. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. What's the Apostle Paul talking about? He's talking about the never-ending battle this side of eternity between, on the one hand, the doctrine of Christ, 2 John verse 9, the apostles' doctrine, Acts 2, 42, or it is also, as it is also called in 2 Timothy 4 verse 3, sound doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers. The strongholds Christian soldiers pull down, the arguments that we cast down are false doctrines. The doctrines of men, the doctrines of demons. 1 Timothy 4 verse 1. We better know what Satan is up to. Satan blinds men to the truth, 2 Corinthians 4, verse 3 and 4. But even if our gospel is hid, it is hid to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. Because we're in the flesh, Satan's work is easy we're vulnerable we learn in Ephesians 2 1 through 3 that Satan is the prince of the power of the air the spirit who works and the children of disobedience he entices us to do what to fulfill the desires of the flesh and of the mind to make us do what what we feel like doing what we want to do if it feels good do it. Live like that and he has you right where he wants you. Satan has that fleshly appeal while God has to motivate us to go against the grain, to swim against the current, to deny ourselves, to take up our cross and follow Jesus. 
Oh, the straight and narrow is difficult. It's a difficult road. It's a hard road. And sometimes it can be a lonely road. But it's the only road that leads to life. No doubt, Satan gleefully looks on as man suffers the fallout from the sin in the garden. Sickness, suffering, disease, death. But how high, really, does earthly, physical, temporary torment figure into Satan's agenda? Satan's priority is the spiritual shipwreck of the human soul. And he cons men into doing man's own will instead of the Lord's will. Well, sure, he dupes the world and those in religious error. But can he deceive believers? What we read in Matthew 7 verse 21 should make us all very wary. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he do who does the will of my Father in heaven. So people who not only believe, but also confess Jesus as Lord, will be stunned at the day of judgment over being misled into thinking that they could enter into heaven without obeying God. Many professing disciples will be rejected by Jesus himself despite their religious activity. Matthew 7 verse 22. Matthew 7 23. Jesus will declare unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. That word lawlessness is interesting. It gives us the heads up to a significant truth. Thayer defines the Greek word, number one, the condition of one without law, either because ignorant of it or because violating it. Number two, contempt and violation of law, iniquity, wickedness. Loanida, right? To behave with complete disregard for the laws. In some languages, one may translate anomia as to live as though there were no laws. To refuse completely to obey the laws. Doesn't that sound exactly the way mainstream religious teachers are perverting the grace of God? We don't have to obey. We have God's grace. Doctrines of demons. These men may pray, praise, and preach in Jesus' name all day long, but they will be greeted at judgment with Jesus' words. Depart from me I never knew you when demons possessed an individual in Jesus day they imposed themselves on their victims men were powerless to withstand demons those possessed could not be held accountable for their behavior their behavior like legion in Mark chapter 6 who cut himself with stones was beyond their control how much could that gratify the devil they couldn't be held accountable to that compare that to the deep satisfaction Satan receives when he deceives men with doctrines of demons over the doctrine of Christ don't be baited with the idea sometimes articulated even in the church the doctrine doesn't really matter that in itself is a doctrine, and it's a doctrine of demons. In the parable of the sower, the devil snatches the word out of the heart. This prospect should frighten us far more than demon possession, even if demon possession did exist today. The devil seeks to distract us with demon decoys, so we will ignore the grave dangers of doctrinal disloyalty, moral infidelity, and simply 
bad attitudes. What a blessing to be a United States citizen. There are millions of people living in this country without the benefit of citizenship. Illegal immigrants are vulnerable to human trafficking, slavery, kidnapping, forced prostitution, labor exploitation, and premature death. The Christian can say, Philippians 3.20, our citizenship is in heaven. We are citizens because we have gone through the New Testament naturalization process. John 3 verse 5, except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. You can go through the process, the naturalization process of Canada or France or England and receive citizenship in those countries, but that won't make you a United States citizen. Unfortunately, many are going through the man-made naturalization process of a denomination expecting to be counted as citizens of God's kingdom. That won't work. One can live a godly life, attend church services, read the Bible, and still not be a citizen of God's kingdom. In the New Testament, the Holy Spirit provides the naturalization process to become citizens of the kingdom of God. No human being, regardless of how religious or charismatic they are, has the right to alter that process to become a citizen of the kingdom. Like illegal immigrants in the United States, one can claim to be a, citizens of God, a citizen of God's kingdom without ever actually being a citizen. Some professing Christians say one is saved by grace alone and that God picks arbitrarily who will be saved from among Muslims and Hindus and Buddhists and even atheists. Well, that may qualify you to become a member of the blank blank church but it won't make you a citizen of the kingdom of God. Some say that we are saved by faith alone. Well, that may make them members of the blank, blank church, but that will not make them a citizen of the kingdom of God. Someone may say that they are saved by accepting Jesus as his personal savior and praying a sinner's prayer. That will make them members of the blank, blank church, but that's not taught in the New Testament. So that will not make them a citizen of the kingdom of God. All of these are doctrines of demons taught by men instead of scripture. Instead, we see how to become a citizen of the kingdom. Those in Acts chapter 2 who heard the gospel, who believed the good news that was being offered that day, were told, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That was sound doctrine. That was the apostles' doctrine. That was the doctrine of Christ. Make sure you submit to the doctrine of Christ and not merely doctrines of demons.